Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody how you doing well that's good you're listening to phly flyers that's right phly my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening with me as always philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter and he's not too bad on baseball either charlie o'connor i'm back from my uh, long trip to newark <laughs> survived the train ride i made it so we're good it's you you made out better than the team did i did actually uh, i yeah. mean it would be the train would have to derail for you <laughs> for it to go as poorly for you as it did the flyers uh and we're going to get into last night's um debacle uh, the debacle six, was the word i was thinking of six nothing loss to the at the hands of the new jersey devils in the preseason opener we're going to react to the game uh go through the things we found important uh but if you want the full review of the game if you want the 360 picture in-depth analysis from last night's action you gotta go to allphly.com and while you're there sign up to become a diehard member because uh charlie broke out the 10 things last night is 10 things his 10 takeaways from the game sometimes you gotta play the hits sometimes you gotta play the hits man <laughs> you know you just need to play them. just need and a good old 3,000 word after, breakdown of a six nothing preseason after loss a six nothing preseason <laughs> loss i think there's no better time to you know throw out the diehard content because only the diehards were watching last night there's the eagles on monday night football the diehard content is for the diehards and that's who uh tuned in last night so if you want the full analysis Analysis from Charlie of last night's game. Go to all PHLY. Or if you watch the Eagles game and didn't watch the Flyers game and want the full analysis yeah. that you'll get nowhere else. Sign up to be a diehard. You'll get everything you want. Uh, but right before we get into the game, just wanted to uh, have to mention this news that broke like, I don't know, an hour ago or so. Uh, the Flyers have signed their 2023 second round pick. Uh, I think he went 51st overall. Carson Bjornsson, the goaltender, uh, to his three-year entry-level deal. He's 18, year old, 18 years old, already has two experience in the dub, uh, won't be 19 until June, so most likely we won't see him for a little while. Two more seasons, it seems like, in the WHL before we get our hands on Carson, but he's under contract. Yeah, and that's... And the, it slides, right? It slides. They're not burning two years, yeah, so, it's going to be... Exactly. So the way it works, that we, for anybody that doesn't know, with these junior level guys, it's different from college guys. With college guys, once they sign, there's some... Experience exceptions in terms of their age but generally speaking once a college guy signs his contract starts with the junior level guys yes they signed Carson Bjarnason but 
Carson Bjarnason will not be able to turn pro unless he joins the NHL until he's age 20 or until he's two years after his draft year. I would be shocked if the Flyers did not give him both of those two years in the dub. It just doesn't make any sense. He's not ready. He needs a lot. Needs to work on a lot of things. So expect him to spend two more years in the dub with Brandon unless he gets traded. And then after that second year, so this year will be his first post-draft year. The next year would be a second. Then it would be that third year when he would probably turn pro, most likely start with the Phantoms, and then go from there. But it's no shock that he signed because these contracts don't kick in until these guys actually turn pro. There's no reason not He to. was a second-round pick. If he's willing to sign, if the Flyers like him and they clearly liked him enough to take him in the second round, why not lock him up? It's more the guys that are taken in let's say, like, the fourth round and later, the junior guys. Underdrafted yeah, guys. They're the ones who have to essentially earn the ELC. Mm-hmm. But why not sign the guy if he's a interested, if you liked him enough to take him in the second round? Sign him now, and then in two years, the contract will kick in. A second-round goalie, you assume they have plans for him to be part of the organization, you know? Yes. Like, that's probably going to happen. While he's not ready uh, and probably has a lot of things to work on before he turns pro. I'm willing to bet he's better than Cal Peterson right now, Charlie. Ooh, ooh. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Cal later. We'll get to him. I, just, I mean, he might man. be better than what Cal Peterson looked like last night. Uh, I, <laughs> oh, man. That's, Yikes. Uh, we'll get to all that. Uh, I want to start. So last night, Flyers go up to Jersey. They go up to Newark for the preseason opener, uh, and they lose 6 nothing. It's 4 nothing before the six mi- before six minutes go by. It's 4 nothing Devils. It was uh, but there was action, I guess— a developing story even before the puck dropped. Uh, we talked at length about how this was going to be. Yes, Sean Couturier's return, but also Cam Atkinson's. Surprise! Well, not quite. <laughs> the Philadelphia Flyers pulled the Flyers. Uh, their luck struck once again. You know, it's going to turn one of these days, fam, but last night was not that day. <laughs> Cam Atkinson, in what was going to be his return, uh, his first game action since uh, his season ending next surgery did not play with quote-unquote unrelated soreness yeah so essentially what what happened was i got up to to newark probably just as the uh the players were going on the ice i grabbed something to eat real quick going on the ice for for pregame skate i get up there i get settled i break open my laptop and then jordan hall just looks at me and says so Cam Atkinson isn't on the ice. It's like, of course. <laughs> it can never be easy with this team, can it? So Cam Atkinson was not on the ice. Wade Allison was on the ice instead. So we asked for an update at that point. And I'd say maybe like about two or three minutes into the game when it became clear that Atkinson was not playing, that Wade Allison to replace him in the lineup. We got a text message from the Flyers PR department, which was a statement from Danny Briere. And the statement was... He is a little sore, and we didn't want to take the chance. Lower body, nothing related to his last year injury, which obviously was the neck injury, which required surgery. So the Flyers are holding that this is not related to the neck injury, that we swear everything will be fine. And we've talked about this on this show. I've talked about it a lot on Twitter. It is unfair to a degree to blame the new leadership core, you know, Keith Jones, Danny Briere, Dan Hilferty, even John Tortorella, for the sins of the past. These are new people. Briere was sort of in the front office, but he didn't really have a ton of power. He was, yeah. he was a special assistant. It's unfair to blame those guys. That said, it's also unfair to ask fans yeah. to forget the times where, you know, you have Kevin Hayes needs three surgeries, Sean Gatturier needs two surgeries, Ryan 
Ryan Ellis died. Cam Atkinson. <laughs> they were telling us Cam Atkinson might suit up for the opener yep. last year. Like three and days before the opener. The freaking season. Yep. And, and like, and I just love like lower body because I always picture how are they going to spin? And uh, again, unfair to judge them, but we're we're going to much like those fourth round picks you just mentioned have to earn right. their roster spot, their ELCs. The Flyers have to earn back our trust with this sort of stuff. I think that's fair. And it, it, maybe it isn't for them, but it's just the way it's, it's going to be. It's fair for the fans. Yeah. The, 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 you know, the fans are the ones that have to live through like, this, and they're the ones yeah. that, that see people go up there and say, no, we swear he'll be fine. And then two months later, it's, oh, no, he needs season-ending surgery. And, like, I don't want to make light of it because the man did go through, like, a tremendous ordeal with his neck, wasn't sure, like, what the – it was, you know, misdiagnosed, but whatever the issue was. But I do just picture – like, if I were to lay on this table on my back, would my neck, like, the back of my neck would be lower body, no? <laughs> like, I always think, like, is a wrist, like, your wrist is usually below your waist. Is that? Well, see, I was thinking, I was thinking that maybe. <laughs> I always think they're trying to spin this Maybe they could way. spin it where it's actually, like, a pinched nerve or something. So he's, like, lack of feeling in his leg because of something that's going yeah. on, like, in his spine. No, it's like, well, you know, his, uh, his, left, his left ass cheek is numb, but it's, <laughs> it's because of, it's because it's of, because the of something pinched. But, but hopefully Cam Atkinson yeah. is okay, and this is just a minor setback. It's while we do want to see him play, he is a 34-year, like, 10-year NHL vet. Yeah. He's on the freaking team as long as he's healthy. Yeah. My he's, biggest he's a likable player. Yeah. He's a good player. I, I want him to be good. Like, yeah. yeah. I will say... Thinking how Wade Allison just kind of slid into this spot, my number one takeaway from the Cam thing is this is going to be Wade Allison's role this season. The 13 forward who slides in when guys get hurt. And it's going to be like, I don't know where you're at with Atkinson. This might just like the dude's 34 and he's a little sore because he's been working his ass off. He's been going through a John Tortorella camp. Fair. Totally like, yeah, he's probably sore. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everybody's probably (laughs) sore. And we'll get to that in a little bit. I do think that the, the big concern here. With Atkinson, I'm not terribly concerned that he's re-aggravated his neck. I've watched him enough okay. in practice. I think that's fine. What I am concerned about, and you sort of touched on it, is the guy's 34. He's going to be in and out. Like guy this. has a lot of mileage on his tires. He just missed a full season, which doesn't do a lot for your ability to deal with injuries when you miss that much time. This could just be a thing. This is Cam, who he is. Yeah, now. where Cam Atkinson is in and out of the lineup. I hope that's not the case, but it did serve as a reminder of, oh, that's another possibility. That it, the, the this is not a dichotomy of either he plays 82 games or he misses another year, and never plays again. There could be somewhere in the middle where, yeah, he plays, but he's constantly tweaking things because he's older, because he missed a year, and because he's just not the same guy he was when he was in his 20s. That's possible, and this just served as a reminder that that is a plausible scenario for how this plays out and because of where the flyers are now hockey culture is like well like my eyes are open so i can probably <laughs> go out there and do it it's right like, bro you're in a wheelchair i don't think you can play in the <laughs> nhl yeah but like because of where the flyers are and like john tortorella has said it's going to be a young lineup and sure. some guys get might get pushed out if 34 year old cam atkinson is a little sore it might not be like, all right, stick it out, kid. Like, fair. Just go take the freaking night off, bro. You know? It's fair. Like, we've talked, like, maybe some players would be better served if the NHL took load management a little. And not like the NBA, because right. the NBA is outlandish. Yeah, they take it, it way too far. It truly is. Uh, but if you just let guys 
say, you know, not play through a broken foot sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) The bone is fractured. Maybe don't play. You know, like if Cam Atkinson is a little banged up, it's, well, you know what? We do need to find out about Wade Allison, who's the 13th forward. So uh, go get him, Wade. Yeah. Like it couldn't, not a good thing because you want to see Cam Atkinson like have a career and just be fine. Would be ideal. But you can see this being an opportunity for some young guys if it's just going to be, yeah, he's only going to play 45, 50 games this year because he's going to play Tuesday, miss Thursday, whatever it is. You can see an opportunity for some guys. That's true. I, I don't think Wade Allison did much last night to no. to jump at that opportunity, which was a bit of a disappointment. But again, this could have just been a one-time thing. We asked Ian LaPerrier after the game. LaPerrier was a little, little dodgy in terms of giving information, probably because he most likely doesn't have a ton of information. Yeah. He's really not even part of the coaching staff here in Philadelphia. But he did say, I don't think it's anything major. He wants to test himself, and I'm sure he will soon. Fingers crossed that Ian LaPerrier is correct. And maybe Cam Atkinson appears in one of these many preseason games the rest of this week. I guess we'll see. One guy who did appear in the game, however, was Sean Couturier, who did, unlike Atkinson, successfully begin his comeback in a real game. And this is, we've, you know, this is a long time coming for Couturier. We have outlined he was ready to go last spring, and they're like, please no. And finally gets, you know, through the pre-rookie camp scrimmages, gets through the first couple days of camp, and now here we are, pre Season action, Selkie Couturier's back. Not even close. And, and I think Sean Couturier, he basically did say Oof. this after the game that while he feels good physically, he does. He's nowhere near where he wants to be with not, the puck. He was sure. very, very sloppy, and he knows that. And he was not alone. But this is to to say Couturier got through it. Uh, you know, he went out actually. Like, what was it? His first shift. This is very first shift. I love on I Dougie. Love that. Love that because Couturier and we talked about it on the show that Couturier had admitted to us to the media people last week that he was a little nervous about taking that first hit, and he basically said that you know I just want to get past it. I want to take that hit. I want to know for a fact that my body can handle it and then I'll feel a lot better. And I kind of love the fact that he went out there and he said, probably said to himself, you know what? I'm not going to wait for someone to hit me. I'm going to lay the hit and I'm going to clear that hurdle on my own. Rather than being passive, I'm going to be active. He goes out there and lays a hit on Dougie feels fine, and then rolls the rest of the game. And I think physically, he felt really good about how the game went. He just didn't love how many passes he flubbed and how many turnovers he had. And that's to be expected. Like, first of all, camp just started. Right. They didn't even use pucks on the first day. They're only a few days in. And the guy's been physically rehabbing to get back to this point. I don't think working on his hands has been top priority list when it's like gotta make sure my back works plus it's just it's hard it's to hard be in the flow of if, the game if do not, things at speed yeah, but like if not impossible for you to replicate what it's like to make these plays in actual games at game speed you can do scrimmages you can do drills you can do all these things in practice but there's something different about having someone bearing down on you trying to take the puck off you that that's all he cares about it's he doesn't care about you know well it's practice I gotta you know conserve energy no all he cares about about is taking the puck off you. It's impossible to fully replicate. And I think Couturier just got a, a reminder of that, that this is not going to happen overnight. He's not going to be 
Sean Gutierrez 2019 edition right off the bat. And maybe in October, he's still going to be feeling his way out. Maybe he's going to have a slow start. But I think he felt really good that physically he came out of this, you know, feeling like, yeah, my body can take this. I still feel like myself with the exception of being really, really rusty. The, uh... This is this is why teams need Radko Gudis. So practice is just like a game. Oh God! That's a, yeah. yeah they were they were doing might, they were doing a tear uh, your MCL oh in the middle God. of practice, in the middle of a playoff run. But yeah, you know, that you're ready to go. Yeah, they did a uh, a skate kind of like that. I think it was on Sunday where they were sort of like weaving in and out of each other, going through the entire ice. Like kinda, is just like and, no. And I just re- was watching. I'm just like, thank God Radko isn't here because <laughs> Radko. It, it, for those who don't remember, what this was, which which series is this? 2018 was it 2018 i think it was 2018 yes 16 was the cap 16 was the one where he he hurt his shoulder because ovechkin hit him in game yeah yeah 18 was the one where in the middle of practice they were skating kind of like two ships passing in the night and radko just like misjudged the distance and crashed into couturier and tore his mcl in practice and then and then he scored a hat trick (laughs) leading me to say get the mcl removed you're clearly better without it anyway so uh yeah that's it's a safe bet that you know it's (laughs) sean couturier ain't gonna be ready to go right away he's not gonna be there he's gonna play but he might not be he's, he's, he's gonna play but it's a safe bet we're not gonna going to get 100% Couturier right away. What is a safe bet, Bill? If you're looking to place some safe bets, though, the best place to do it is at DraftKings. Listen, football is back in full swing with another week of Epic Games. And who's got you covered on, on the... <laughs> Who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. But nobody's missing out on the action this season because all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Get Take advantage of those offers while you can. September is winding down, so make sure you get in on the action with uh, DraftKings and get in on the NFL Week 3 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PHLY to sign up. New customers can bet just $5, take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sports sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It was pretty good. It right. wasn't perfect. It, it was a l- okay. little hesitation on the eight, the, the very, but not that bad. Was, the numbers like in the read are, mm-hmm. so I started reading the top one, and I was like, nope, just read that one. It's this, <laughs> so I had to like, it's not 877, it's 888, just keep talking. Like, I will say, you're definitely on an upward trajectory. Yes, it's going better. Yes, if, if we average out, if I did 
bill ad read analytics yeah. you would be trending upwards that's uh, that's that's very nice of you to say charlie there is nowhere for the flyers to go but up that is from last true. <laughs> i mean charlie listen i take this job very very seriously do um, you it is well i don't <laughs> i don't take anything seriously uh, but i wanted to really get into that game yeah. last night and then six minutes went by, <laughs> and there was absolutely no purpose to that. Like, yeah. whatever the purpose was, go, okay, we're going to see some. But when you're in a 4 nothing game six minutes in, it's now a fake game. Like, this is no longer. It was already a fake <laughs> this, game. Now it's a this, really this fake game. This is an exhibition game, the first preseason game. It's borderline, completely meaningless. After it's four nothing, there's nothing. There's no. There's nothing to take from this well, anymore. The, the only thing that mattered at that point was yes. could they do another ten nothing game like that other preseason <laughs> game that happened earlier, and they uh, didn't. They only lost six nothing. But to be clear, this this was this was Manning, Manning against boys. This was not even close. The Flyers got outshot dramatically. They got outchanced dramatically. Those first six minutes, granted, they got a bit better. They they sort of settled in. I'd say around like the. 10 minute mark of the first period and then they were just getting normally outplayed not like they don't even deserve to be on the same ice as the devils but this was this was a laugher this wasn't even close and and of course because number one it's social media but number two because let's be honest last few years in flyers world haven't been great of course a, a start like this to the first preseason game is going to stir up the worst team ever this team is a disgrace we're going to get macklin celebrating because they're going to have the, the worst record in hockey like of course it's going to spark that of course because you know what you put yourself in that situation you go down for nothing it's just in your always, first preseason game it's kind of what no, you deserve there's no reason to be like excited about this like there's not going to be uh, other than you know what the diehards are into watching yeah the young guys come up and just really focusing on the rebuild it's not like there's going to be a ton of exciting stuff every night but it always just reminds me of you know uh we're feeling good about the team like okay new direction and we're not going in with the same anger we did last year because chuck fletcher's gone right. dave scott's gonna everyone it's a different regime but it always reminds me of that uh like flyers out to a good start and they've played like night before, maybe night of Halloween against the Penguins, and everyone's all right, man. This is the one. It was like a national game. They lost like seven nothing. Like they got absolutely manhandled. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, so we should start paying attention to the Flyers, huh? Like we, yeah, they we always let so us down. Hard. They always let like we, us down. We the, tried the people, so hard. The people on their yeah. side are the no, ones they the let thing, down like, the most. We tried so hard to get people interested in yes. the Flyers. Like, hey, like they they could be <laughs> good. They could turn it around. Like all we want is for people to yeah. care about the work we're doing. And then every time it looked like they're about to turn the corner and then people would be like, ah, maybe, you know, you know, I'm a four for four, but the flyers are my four, but I'll give them another shot. I'll see if maybe they're turning around. They Sixers would just aren't on tonight. I'll yeah, watch. They yeah. would fall flat on their every face single time. every time. The, the one difference this time was that, well, well, we may have seen it because this is our job. Everybody that responds yeah, to us are, people saw are that crazy. Game. Yeah. The Eagles game was going on. Yeah. No one actually cared. Also the broadcast on the flyers website was the scoreboard broadcast so you saw like you know like the you know pucks under a hat where's the where's the puck like all that yeah. stuff going on like it Yikes. was the scoreboard broadcast from the devils Yikes. like that's what was going on last night but just as a main takeaway from you know as you called it a laugher last night's six nothing game it just seemed like 
one team wanted to ease their way into things and one team was ready to go right away. Like, I get it if Coots was tentative right away. That would make sense, but he wasn't. He was an initiator <laughs> yeah. on his first shift. So I, like, I didn't get the impression from him early that I got from basically the entire team. Like, oh, yeah, we're just warming up. And I, I don't know, man. A week from now, we won't remember this one. Like, but really? Like, a Tortorella team packed with guys trying to make their impression that they're ready to play in the NHL. You weren't ready to go? That's a little disappointing to me. It is. Again, in in the grand scheme of things, does this matter? No. But, like, does a little, a tiny bit. So, and this is where I want to get into this conversation about the game. Because you said that it annoys you a a bit that a Tortorella Tortorella coach team. He's not the coach. Not even that. Not even that. We're going to get into the way that it was positioned after the game, largely by Ian LaPerriere, who was behind the bench. And we have a clip of his comment after the game because I want to talk through this in that it's possible that this game and what happened in this game might have been a direct result of John Tortorella's coaching style at the start of camp. So this was Ian LaPerriere after the game talking to the media in Newark. Yeah, well, they, they have some flashes, but they're, they were tired. You know, I, I hate to be the guy who said, but again, you guys are watching camp like it's a lot of skating and it's a lot of, they have a day off tomorrow and I'm sure everybody's happy, they're happy, and uh, but they battle through it. You know, that's the thing I wanted to see. That's the thing Torres wanted to see. They didn't quit. They just kept battling, kept working, and, um, you know, they're going to be better after a good day off. So basically, LaPerriere is positioning this as the reason why we got blown out and the reason why we look like we didn't have energy is because we didn't have energy because these guys got bag skated by torts to death on Thursday. And then they had Friday, Saturday, Sunday of pretty tough scrimmages where they were basically told, you better kill yourself in these scrimmages or torts is coming down from the purse to yell at you. Scrimmages in which after (laughs) the first one went well on Saturday, the second one wasn't as competitive and the coach lost his mind. You said in a five minute rant in which he came down from upstairs and lost his shit on the players. Yes. And basically what LaPerriere was contending was that these guys were gassed because Torts ran them into the ground the first four days of camp, which pretty much no other team in the NHL does to their players. And we went through that. Yes. It doesn't seem as if other teams do that first day bag skate, at least with the intensity of Tortorella. Exactly. They don't have the intense right away training camp. Maybe it's a buildup. Maybe they just go, hey, these guys are in shape a lot like the NFL does now where it's like, yeah, we're not working our star players. They have a whole schedule to get through. But, you know, this is this is the John Tortorella way. And maybe it sets them up for. You know, preseason game one. Ooh, that sucked. But the idea is we don't care if they win or lose these games. We're trying to create a team that will be competitive for 82 games. Yes, and I think the the thing about this game is that I don't think anybody would have cared if they had lost. Like, if they lose 4-2, whatever, it's an exhibition game. It's the fact that they got boat raced in this game. Like, that's the embarrassing part. And then following, you know, following multiple years of the team struggling. But I I guess you know it does make sense this explanation from LaPerriere. 
while it seems like an excuse, it, it does, makes sense. It, it does seem like an excuse, but sometimes excuses also are reasons. are reasons. And I think that might be this. That said, like, I get why fans will hear that and be like, they're just, they're just saying that because they want to keep us from being angry. I get it. I do think that probably played a bit of a role. I do think, though, there were other things that played a role in how bad this game went. One thing being... And this is something that, like, expect the Flyers when they have their home preseason open on Saturday. They'll dress a good roster because they want to put in a good show for the fans. This was the home opener for preseason for the Devils. And there was a bit of a discrepancy in terms of the quality of the rosters, quality of the lineups on the ice. I broke it down. We have a graphic for, for those who, uh, who are watching on YouTube, for those who aren't watching. I basically looked at the Flyers roster versus the Devils roster and broke them up into four different categories. Roster locks, guys who are definitely on the team. Flyers had six, Devils had 10. Bubble guys, Flyers had nine, Devils had three. So Flyers definitely leaning more towards the bubble guys versus the roster locks. Devils more leaning towards the guys, the clear-cut NHLers. That's when then you had the Devils through four guys who, yeah, they're not NHLers, but they're older pros. AHL pros. The Flyers had zero guys who aren't on the bubble but have significant experience in the AHL. And then the Flyers threw five guys out there who clearly aren't ready, like Denver Barkey, Oliver Barkey, Bonk. They're not yeah. physically ready for the NHL. The Devils threw out their three. So there was, like, this was setting up for the Flyers to probably lose this game, yeah. even if they didn't run the, run the team ragged over the first four days of camp, add that into the equation, and maybe this is how you get a 6 nothing loss. And that's when we were talking about the rosters for the games yesterday. I said, oh, like, when I, I was like, okay, what's this going to be? And I saw the Devils roster. I was like, oh, everyone but Jack? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, oh, and then the Flyers followed suit, and I saw Couturier and Atkinson, who didn't even end up playing. Right. And then it was, oh, and that's it. Yeah, it's like, like Joel Farabee yeah, who's coming I off mean, a bad there, year. There but were like, other guys, yeah. but it was very clear. Again, this does not excuse them looking like the worst team ever <laughs> assembled. They looked horrible, and I don't want to just, like, wave that off. But you, you just had it up there. Five guys on the not ready. Like yeah. it, We're talking about a, a second-round defense or, you know, late first-round defenseman in Oliver Bonk who – like, he ain't playing in the NHL no matter what. No. Like, there's, if he came out and scored uh, three goals last night, he's not making the team. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think, too, that's, this is the other factor. Cause I, I really think if you're breaking down on it, I realize we're, maybe overanalyzing a preseason game. But you know what? What else, what else is there to talk about? You basically Go have birds. three reasons why they got blown out in this game. First reason, probably the training camp thing. Second reason, the Devils roster is just better. The third reason is kind of tied to that. The Devils roster as an organization is just it's better. better. Yes. Like You look at this. So you're right. Jack Hughes did not play. But you had Nico Heischer. You had Timo Meyer. You had Dougie Hamilton. You had Jesper Bratt. All four of those guys right now are probably better than Sean Couturier, even not Rusty. And you had Rusty Sean Couturier out there. Like, the Devils are just a much better team Nico on Heischer's, the whole. Nico Heischer is their captain. The Flyers don't even have a captain. <laughs> <laughs> don't get, remind me, Bill. Had to get, had to get, had to get that one in but, there. But I think that plays into it. Like, 
even if these two teams have thrown out similar, like I, I said, I threw that chart up there where it's like, you know, roster locks, bubble guys, even if the distribution was, even. was the same. The Devils would have won. Yeah, because the Devils are just a much better hockey the team Devils, than the Philadelphia Flyers. The Devils are like maybe not a Stanley Cup favorite, but on that next tier. They're in the mix. Yeah, they're in the mix. If they won it, no one would be shocked. No, it's it's definitely like if they get goaltending, they can win it. Yeah. Like it's it's definitely within the realm of possibility. Um, so it, it's if, it, if eight teams got contracted from the NHL, the Flyers still might not make the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. So really, it's one of those three. It's, it, I think it's a combination of those three things and probably the degree to which you want to cut the Flyers some slack is which one you lean to more because there were a lot of people. I had tons of people I mentioned yesterday. They were basically saying like, this team is going to be so bad. They are awful. Yeah, Everyone probably. on the team is trash. And like, yeah, but they're not that bad. I don't I mean, think they're six nothing every night. No, it, they're probably not. And when it's they're all their NHL guys and Tortorella gets a hold of them, we know what it's going to be. Right. They're probably going to win a few more games than they should simply because Torts has everyone out there blocking shots like their life depends on it. Yeah. And maybe that hurts their lottery chances or whatever. But ultimately, it leads. This is what they want. Maybe we don't have the first pick, but we have the culture of a winning team. They don't want that to set in and you right. weigh the good. That's they the probably won't be the worst team in the league, uh, even as much as we'd like them to be, quite honestly. I mean, I would like but, to see Macklin Celebrini in yeah, orange and black. That'd be cool. It would be cool. Uh, probably not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> you never know. We are talking about a team that was seventh worst in a league where there was a race to the bottom for a generational star that traded their number one defenseman. True. Yeah, th this is going to be their a, top point producing defenseman yeah. got straight bought out. Yeah, nothing and, in return. And their center slash wing who did score their a lot second of points, leading scorer. Yeah, he's gone. Got traded for nothing. Yeah, so like, the Flyers are going to be bad on paper. They look bad, and I don't think they are going to be worst team in the league bad. But they're still going to be bad unless Torts does the coaching job from you know truly a Jack Adams coaching job. That's just looking at the East, like, because we haven't done our division previews, but I keep looking at the other teams. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say the East is, like, stacked, but there is so much of a middle class there that they can just get pushed to the bottom it's so fast. It's a deep fast. conference. It's a deep conference. Yeah. It has some really good teams, definitely, but it doesn't have a lot of really bad teams. Yeah. And a lot of the teams that you look at, aside from the Flyers, that are supposed to be bad, maybe with the exception of, like, Montreal. Like, they're, they, they're probably just going to be bad. But even Columbus, like, they're Columbus should be 20, point, 20 yeah. points better this like, year. Like, they're a shit show because of Babcock, but they're getting a lot of guys back healthy. They got Fantilli coming. They got Johnny. You know, they got Wierenski healthy. Wierenski's like, healthy. Yeah, like, they should should be better than the Flyers on paper as long as the entire organization doesn't burn down in the wake yeah. of the Babcock, to Babcock debacle. But the Flyers are very clearly on paper one of the worst teams in the, in the Eastern Conference by a significant margin. It's, it's it, yeah, by, by quite a bit, yeah. I would say. And that's not a bad thing. No, we want rebuild. This is a rebuild. Yeah. It's purposeful now. It's a shame it took them this long to figure it out. But we're here. And we can't get mad about it, it, things it, it we might can't control. Be, it might be a bad thing for our collective sanity following this team on a daily basis, but it's not a bad thing for the future of the organization. 
I just hope I just hope I live that long, Charlie. Like I just so wanna, do I, Bill. I just really want to see this come together. <laughs> you know? uh, I have no I have no lead in, no way to get from like my early demise to this. I was read. curious as to how you were going to try no. that, but so I'm just going to tell you to check out our friends at Foco <laughs> because Foco has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Listen, man, it's football. It's tailgating season. We just saw last night a uh, little inclement weather on Monday Night Football. You don't want to get caught in that God, if you're this, tailgating. Can, can, the, can the sun come out again? This weather has been It's been, been a awful. while. Coach asked me earlier, like, when was the last time we saw the sun, Bill? I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. So but bad. Listen, you don't want to get caught at a tailgate uh, without all the right gear. Go to Foco. They have overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for game day. And not just game day items. They have, you know, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, everything you want. If you're maybe building a podcast set like this one, you can get it all at FOCO and FOCO always has our back uh, for Philly sports and they have yours too. get the best gear around by using the link in the description of the show and for all non-presale items use the promo code PHLY that's promo code PHLY for 10% off FOCO use them I'm, I'm working on some stuff. Is that a tagline? No. I, I didn't know if that was actually their tagline. No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to keep coming up with things and see where it goes. I mean, I, I, I respect you hedging your bets in case this doesn't work out, that you can get a job in marketing. Yeah, that's really... It. It's what we all do. Like, yeah, right? You get a real estate license <laughs> or you go into marketing. Like when it, when, when yeah. the, the talking head thing doesn't work out. Well, well you write, go writers, these... a lot of writers go into, P, go into PR. Yeah. They start writing PR. Yeah. So that, that would be my fallback if this whole thing just doesn't work out. I would out. like to get into public relations and my thing would be like, let's do the opposite of what everyone thinks we should do. I was gonna, I like, was gonna oh, say, we should issue an apology, yeah. and it's just gonna be like me giving the finger. See, That's I, our yeah, apology. See, I thought what it was gonna be is your pitch would basically be the Chuck Fletcher pitch yeah. of like, ask me what to do, and then do the opposite. <laughs> the Chuck Fletcher pitch. Well, what do you want to do? <laughs> what do you want to hear? That's the Chuck Fletcher pitch. Uh, anything else uh, really to take away from last night before we get into the goaltending? Uh, well, I mean, the question of who looked good, I think it's more who didn't look awful because that's everyone looked bad. Give me one guy who you didn't say, oh man, he might not have a career here. I, I <laughs> liked, oh, you're just asking me the worst. Or the no, best? give me a guy who you actually thought looked okay. Okay. I would say I thought Oli Luxell looked pretty good. I thought he set up a couple golden scoring opportunities. Joel Faraby had one off a really good pass by Luxell that he wasn't able to finish. But I thought Luxell was one of the more active guys in terms of actually creating something. Obviously, they didn't score a goal, but he created quite a few chances that could have turned into goals had the person he passed the puck to actually finished. I didn't think he was great. He was involved in a few breakdowns, as everyone was. But on the whole, especially looking at the bubble guys, I thought he was one of the few that I came away and thought, you know, he didn't hurt himself. Whereas everybody else, I, maybe no one hurt themselves because everyone hurt <laughs> yeah. themselves. Maybe if, it was like that. Everyone looks so bad, you get graded on that curve. It's exactly. Like, oh man, like everyone got a C plus. Weird. Yeah. So it's an uh, A. Yeah. So it's an A. <laughs> uh, listen, maybe it's just because. Maybe just uh, like my expectations were low because I'm kind of out on Felix Sandstrom. Mm -hmm. But when I see, and maybe it's just because I saw Cal Peterson out there looking like a goalie who'd never played the position before. Uh, it, it looked, it was, I don't know what was going on when he was in net. Listen, Cal Peterson is not the only one to blame for four goals in the first five minutes and 50 seconds. 
they got outshot 24-11 through 40 minutes. It's, it's, you can't just pin it on the goalie. No, you can't. But, like, remember how I used to make the joke about Peter Morozik? He can't turn left. Like, he just goes the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, so like, if the, if the puck's going this way, he'd have to do a 360 yeah, he to get around. Like, yeah. uh, that looked like every time the puck was sh- shuffled in the general direction of Cal Peterson, I thought he looked lost last night. Like a beer league game where your goalie doesn't show up, and it was like, uh, let's let's stuff Cam Atkinson in the pads and hope no one notices. Like that's what it kind of looked like for the first six minutes of the game last night. His, I don't know if I would blame him on any of the goals he gave up, really. And he said after the game, basically, like, look. I'm a goalie. I think I can stop everything. Like, that's my mentality. And I mean, well, fair, but you didn't. In any case, to me, the things that least impressed me about him weren't even the goals, because a lot of those were slam dunks. The rebounds no were bad. His rebound control was awful. It, he was, he, everything was going back out into the slot and really, you know. Squeaking under him. Yeah, like, so yeah, many, there was that one. So many times, like, there were two or three times, I, like, okay, he stopped it. And then I see a defenseman, like, rushing towards him to yeah. make sure the puck doesn't come through his pads. Yeah, Cam York had to take a penalty yeah. because one slipped through him. He just, he looked the opposite of sharp. And the main reason why that's concerning, and he said after the game, was we interviewed, and he basically was like, look, training camp is for mistakes. You make your mistakes now. You figure it out. You're ready for the season. And that's fair. The problem with Cal Peterson is that, like, that was an answer from a guy who like that's the kind of answer you get from a guy who's a roster lock that's not the kind of answer you get from a guy who's in an absolute dogfight to earn an nhl roster spot like he's battling with felix sandstrom and sam erson for that backup job like like yeah training camps for making mistakes but not if you're battling for a job then it's for avoiding mistakes so you convince the coaches you should be in the lineup and cal peterson did not look anywhere close to being ready to be in an nhl lineup last night not to say other guys didn't look bad. They they all look bad. But Peterson is battling for a spot. He looked I, he he can't hard. afford to look this bad. And like it's an answer. Like if Sam Urson gives that answer, who had seven or eight games in the NHL, yeah, something like ten. I like, have to go back. Something some, like that. Uh, you know, a handful of yeah, games, not maybe many. two handfuls of games last year. Uh, Cal Peterson, 101 NHL games, 156 AHL games, three years in college. You're not like developing, dude. You're this is you. Yeah, he did look good, I will say, in one of the scrimmages. He made a couple big saves, one on Scott Lawton. So there is something there. But given the way the last two seasons went, it, it, it's a little flyers. Does he have any chance well, at this well, job? It's a little flyers is where you're like, okay, if you weren't awful the last two years, maybe we'd be more willing to cut you a break that you lost six nothing in your preseason opener with Cal Peterson. Hey, if you didn't go from heir apparent to Jonathan Quick to getting sent down to the minors in the L- <laughs> in the L.A. Kings organization the last two seasons, maybe this wouldn't be as concerning. But you were horrible the last two years, and now you come out and you look horrible in your first game in a Flyers uniform. It's just, it's not the kind of impression you want to make both on the fans and more importantly on the coaches who are making the decision as to who they trust as the backup. From heir apparent to Jonathan Quick to getting dumped as a salary dump in a three-way trade by the team that didn't acquire any assets. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's yeah, that's where he, that's where he... And, like, I, I don't want to pile on the guy, because, again... First game. He you beat, lost 6 nothing. It's not all on the goalie. It was, and it was nowhere near all on the goalie. Those defensive breakdowns were awful. 
awful. But you just there's something to be said about like for example, Felix Sandstrom. We'll get we'll get into him now. Felix Sandstrom gave up a goal. It was on a breakaway. breakaway. It was on a breakaway. You know what he did the rest of that period? He's the only play the third period in the game. He looked fine. Stop the puck. I don't think he looked amazing, but he didn't look like a mess. Whereas Cal Peterson, for a lot of those forty minutes, looked like a mess. That's a mess is a great way to put it. Like. It's okay to give up the goal. It just, you looked like you didn't know what you were doing out there. But it was rough. It, it really, it really, it was rough. So that's, with the uh, goalie camp battle, we haven't even seen Sam Ersan yet. Is he the odds-on favorite? You know, I think he's the best goalie of the three. The reason why I called him an odds-on favorite when we talked about this last week wasn't because I think he's entering camp necessarily having a leg up on everyone. He might be, but I don't think that's the way they're approaching it. I just think he's the odds-on favorite because he's the best goalie out of the three of them, and I think it'll all shake out with him ultimately earning the job because he's just better than Sandstrom and Peterson. That said... You know, I'm expecting him to probably play on Wednesday. I think he'll probably be in that mix. Maybe they'll do Hart, Urson. Maybe Hart gets Saturday's game, the first game in Philly. But Urson will play, and I'm expecting Urson to play well because I think he's a good goalie. He looked pretty good last year. Like, we talked. I mean, yes, that last game where he just got bombarded, that happens. Yeah, but That was actually in New Jersey. Yeah, you, you look at his game logs. Yeah, not bad. Well, he had that run where, what, he won every single one of his decisions yeah. for, was it, like, first six or seven? No, when like I, was on, uh, I was on the gambling show, You Better You Bet at the time, doing hockey bets, and, like, one of the hosts was, hey, the Flyers have this guy who never loses. Why aren't we betting <laughs> on the Flyers tonight? Like, because they're terrible. Because it's the Flyers. <laughs> yeah, like, because they're absolutely it's, terrible. It's going to end at some point. All right, so you liked Lixell. Uh, I liked uh, Felix Sandstrom. Those are kind of our positive takeaways. Both sweets. Talked about the, oh yeah, look at that. Talked about the camp battles and the, at those spots. What about guys like Forster, Brink, Emil Andre? I mean, uh, Andre, I would say, he was active. Yeah, he did stuff. He did stuff. <laughs> A lot of it wasn't good. Some of it was good. He he was the most impactful, I would say, out of those three. Whether positive or negative, he, he made an impact. He sure did stuff. He was involved in some really bad breakdowns, had some really bad turnovers, but then had some really good passes. Displayed some of that outlet yeah. passing you talked about yeah. yesterday. Where you looked at, there was one, and I've always loved this play, always a fan of this play, the one where it's a dump-in, but not really. It's like a diagonal dump-in. You dump it in, but really it's a pass because you know you have a four checker coming at top speed who's already beaten the defenseman on the other side and is going to get to that puck and immediately take control i love when I defensemen love that. do that pronger used to do that yes. and i love seeing andre make a make a play like that and it was executed to perfection so the skills are there but it's clear that you know I don't know if I'm, I want to say he needs more work definitely, but he definitely needs more work in this preseason because he's not NHL ready at this current moment. He is. Part of me wants him to make the team selfishly. One, because I want to watch him. <laughs> Two, because a, there is a contingent of Flyers fans out there that will hate this guy. Oh, yeah. Because he is, I mean... Gostaspare-esque a little bit in the defensive zone. He's way more physical than Ghost, though. More physical. Way more physical. The that was, I think, a lot of, of reason why people the, hated Ghost. The blowing of the defensive assignments. True. He's a defenseman. Who cares about the offense he creates? <laughs> He's called a defenseman. Play him at wing. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I do think, though, he will be helped. And there will be people that get frustrated because, yes. I mean, people get frustrated with Sanheim, too. But the 
big problem that a contingent had with Ghost was how allergic he was to contact, and that just just ate at some people. Yes. Andre is not allergic to contact. He actually actively seeks it out, and he's small, so I think he'll be liked in that sense. But it's abundantly clear that the decision-making, getting used to the pace of the NHL, there was one play, I think it was in the second period, where he just took an awful angle to try to play rush coverage and basically just, like, missed the guy. The guy just blasted past him, and Andre just kind of crashed into the boards. Like, that's an angle that probably in the SHL, it's perfectly fine. In the NHL, guys are a bit quicker, a bit stronger, and you just miss them. And I think he's smart enough that he'll eventually get the hang of it. But in the short term, he's going to get blown past a couple times because he's a small guy without elite speed, and you run the risk of that happening to you unless you have your angles and you you have your reads perfect. And he clearly is not at the point yet where he has those angles and he has his reads perfect. I was uh, – it was – I think it was 32 thoughts they were talking about. I don't even remember what prospect, but just a, a European prospect on maybe the Senators or something. And they're just saying, like, the learning curve, I don't think people understand because there's not, there's not another sport where the game both, like, just want the size of the playing surface oh, and the style <laughs> of the game are so different. Fair. North America versus where you're coming from. Fair. Like, the pitch is the same size. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Soccer's you know, like, the big same everywhere. number of guys yeah. on the field. The pitch is the yeah, same. Yeah. And, like, they play the game, I don't know, probably not as well, but similarly, I guess. Like, basketball is basketball. Uh, hockey... The rink is a different size. It is, it they is play weird. a different way in yeah. North America than they do in Europe. It's a totally different game. Yeah. Like... There's a learning curve, and you just have to... Yeah, can elite players come over and be awesome right away? Sure, because they're elite. But if a guy isn't right, isn't ready right away coming over from Europe, doesn't mean he can't get ready. It's just an adjustment. There's just something about Canada where they just... They like to screw with the sizes of their of their, <laughs> their playing fields. Like, they have the thing in the, C in the CFL where it's a bigger field than it is in, in the U.S. and the NFL. And then in hockey, you've got the Euros, and then you've got the NHL, which, like, yeah, it's North America. America, but come on, we all know Canada runs this shit. And it's the same thing. It's just a weird thing. It's, it's weird because, like, it, it's, it's impossible for me to imagine, like, basketball having two different size courts. Yeah. Like, I guess in, co like, college basketball, like, the three-point line's different and whatnot. But, like, the court's the same size, right? I believe. Like, I it's think, the same length and width, I, I think assume. so, yeah. yeah. I don't know enough about it to know, but I always assumed it was. Probably. Yeah, I always <laughs> yeah. assumed it I'm was. I'm going to say it is. No <laughs> one's going to... Yeah, that's... Okay, we're getting we're getting thumbs up on that. We're right. Cool, cool. Just a couple of hockey guys talking basketball. Like, oh, have I, have I treaded into water yeah, that right. I can't actually say I'm an expert? You know? Basketball is the like, only one of the sports where I really have to, like, peer over at a friend yes. of mine in a conversation who knows it better than me and just be like, I'm right on that, right? Oh, like, was my, like, he's good. They suck. It was my favorite thing. Like, I'd be doing just some random show uh, on the radio and it'd be like, my first call of the night would be Sixers. I was <laughs> like, I have to start out bullshitting. Like, I have to start the show talking about something I don't actually know. <laughs> but, you know, you just have a hot take about Ben Simmons and you're good. Right. Yeah. You know, right. uh, so. <laughs> 
I don't know what the lead in for this one is. Well, no matter where you're going in North America, <laughs> uh, you can get you can get tickets on Game Time. Amazing. Listen, with sporting events all over North America. Guess what? You can get the tickets on Game Time. I don't know. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Uh, with killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. And boy, if you use game time to go up to that Flyers-Devils game last <laughs> night, I bet you had a grand old time. I, I pity you. Uh, the yes. weather, the game, everything, the, the city. Uh, just, the city. You, the just city. Hate, you just hate the Devils so much. I really do. I really uh, do. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're going to uh, play a little bit of pick your own adventure in a minute here, Chuck, because we have a bunch of stuff to get to and like 10 minutes left in the show. Can't wait. So, uh, but first I want to get to a little bit of this. Um, Tory Krug spoke today for the first time. He did. He and did. it's the, uh, he, first really, he really said a whole lot of nothing. It was a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. I just wanted to get to some of the, uh, you know, it was the first time Tory Krug, defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, has spoken to the media since reportedly nixing the trade to Philadelphia. Can confirm he did yes, that. Yes, uh, <laughs> enacting his uh, right with his uh, no trade clause that would have shipped Travis Sanheim to St. Louis along with Kevin Hayes. A deal was made with the Blues to ship out Hayes. Krug and Sanheim not part of it and he just said you know obviously I chose to stay here I want to be part of this room and love playing in this city wearing the blue note so it's something I'm very excited about you don't like hearing things like that I have kids I have a family but I want to be here and wear the note my number one takeaway is the note yeah you I never didn't realize hear, that was a thing you never hear anyone be like I'm all about the flying P like, you P. never hear you never hear that from anyone like it's always like oh you play for the logo you play for the crest or whatever, but yeah. no one actually names it. They're proud of their uh, they're of proud, their logo. They're proud of that. It note. is a very cool. It's logo. a cool logo. I, I always like the Blues yeah. uniforms. I mean, Blues my favorite colors. So that probably played a role in it, but I always like their uniforms. Yeah, the, the Krug thing. He's hurt right now. Yeah. So, so I was actually, the, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised they got him. I guess they had asked because it is a story that he refused to uh, to waive the no trade. But you know, going back to last summer because I don't know if we actually talked about this uh, on this show. We probably talked about it on BSH Radio, but. I will never blame a player no. for, you know, you negotiated that no trade clause. For this exact reason? For this exact reason, because, you know, he, he looked at it and he's like, okay, so you're telling me I can go to a team that's rebuilding with John Tortorella as head coach. Yeah, I think I'll stay in St. Louis. Thank you very much. <laughs> not, only, not only do I have to go to a team that's going to win like 22 games, I got to deal with John Tortorella <laughs> for seven months? No. 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 I, I do not blame him even a little like, bit. Who knows how much... Like, he's got a seven-year contract. Yeah. Who knows 
how long he has to deal with John Tortorella. <laughs> Say he like gets hurt and is untradeable. Because the the whole rumor was like, yeah, the Flyers are going to acquire Tory Krug, and he's probably never going to wear a Flyers jersey. Well, that, I don't think that was the plan, but I do think that one of the things the Flyers were not willing to tell him because he didn't feel like bouncing around was this idea of. We'll have you for the year. I think they like the idea of having him for a year or two. That's but, why they went and got Mark Stahl. Yeah, but in a year or so, we may come to you and ask you to waive your no-trade clause again because we got an offer and somebody wants you. And I think Krug was like, I so like— I got to get traded twice. Yeah, like I I'm, I'm, have no interest in relocating my family to Philly, and then in a year they tell me, we're rebuilding. We want to send you to San Jose or wherever. I don't know. <laughs> At least you get you'd get to go to the West Coast. I just I mean I it would be San Jose. It'd probably I like LA. It would be like Columbus. Yeah. Well, like it, it was presumably be a team that's trying to win. No, that's how his luck would go. Yeah. Right. It would be like I waived my no trade. I got traded, and now oh cool. So I'm going to Columbus too. Great. <laughs> at least Babcock ain't there anymore. Yeah. At least Babcock isn't there. <laughs> so I guess I was. I told you you're going to get to do a choose your own adventure here, Charlie. But hey only yo. a few minutes. Uh, so I'm just going to wrap up the uh, Twitter questions from yesterday. Uh, you know, Mailbag Monday extends to Tuesday because I'm awesome at timing the show. Uh, we will eventually. I listened back to Friday's episode. Totally forgot we didn't even finish the Metro preview. We did the top three teams. No, we never got done. We, we're not even. We're only half done the first division. We are never finishing this. But as uh, long as the Flyers things keep <laughs> happening with the Flyers, we won't. They just keep doing stuff. Lose you, you're nothing. really invested in this this preview. I don't really care. I know you don't, I don't care. Really <laughs> it doesn't even matter. It's just like it's a plan I had. We're going to preview <laughs> the divisions, and we're never going to get to it. Fair. Uh, so that's going to be our partnership. We for realize as we cover the Flyers. Like, as but people want to know about the other teams. No, but what I'm saying is that with the Flyers, the Flyers are incredibly boring on the ice, but they are incredibly not it's boring off the ice. The rest of the Everything happens to them. Oh, We're Cam never going to not have things to talk about. Cam Atkins is coming back, huh? Nope. No. Nope. Just kidding. All right. So to wrap up some of uh, the Mailbag Monday on this Tuesday uh, <laughs> questions. Just another uh, Manic we're, Tuesday. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to start with Michael Hennigan. And he said, should we, he asked, should we be concerned with Cam York's lack of fitness during camp? specifically torts calling him out for struggling through the bag skate. So is this a thing? No. So I want to be clear with this because I think this is something that like gains a life on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Number one, no, we really shouldn't be concerned about Cam York. He played like, the most minutes last year. Yeah, I, I do not worry about Cam York's fitness. The bag skate's real hard. We tweet about it because it's like it's easy to see who's struggling the most. I don't think that necessarily speaks to a lack of fitness on Cam York's part, especially because he did finish the thing. Number two... John Tortorella did not call out Cam York. John Tortorella complimented Cam York for saying Cam was struggling, and I give him a lot of credit for finding a way to push through. Because honestly, with bag skates, you could be in great shape, and if you accidentally overdo it in the first rep or two, you're going to burn yourself yeah. out accidentally, even if you're in incredibly good shape. And if you just like start to cramp up a little bit... <laughs> It's over. <laughs> like you are in. It feels like you got shot. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. So right. I'm not concerned about so Cam York at all concern. for that reason. I okay. was a little concerned about what I saw from him in last night's game that because he looked real bad. Great. But yeah. I'm not concerned at all about him from the backscape. This might be the worst team in the league. Like they could end up being last again. Give me Macklin Celebrini. It'd be great. No, it's not bad. <laughs> I'm just like thinking about all the things. Like okay, we're we're hopeful about Atkinson. 
He could play 30 games. It's true. Well, <laughs> I mean, you look at it this way, and this is granted the case for a lot of teams, but the Columbus Blue Jackets going into last year were not viewed as yeah, a team. Yeah, they that, weren't tanking. Yeah, but they got a lot of injuries and got a lot of bad luck, and suddenly they're one of the worst teams in hockey. If the Flyers got Columbus Blue Jackets injury bad luck, then yeah, then they are gunning for the first overall pick because this team already <laughs> ain't that good when they're healthy. I just look back at last year and, like, there's not that race to the bottom this year no, that there was no. last season where, you know, Columbus, like, the Ducks start out slowly and just decide – Oh, yeah, we're going to suck on purpose. Yeah, let, let's not fire the coach who's in over his head. Yeah. Speaking of the Ducks, uh, Joe Aneri asks, Anaheim is lowballing low Trevor Zegris. Is it worth it to the Flyers to inquire with the prospects that they've accumulated? The Flyers have a ton of assets. Trevor Zegris not yet signed in Anaheim. It's probably worth it to inquire. Yeah, you Do you think inquire. it's a possibility? I, you know, no. How funny would it be? No, it would be funny. The guy. Yeah, put towards the, the Zegris. Yeah, it would be amazing. <laughs> I, I would say, to be honest with you, like, yeah, you inquire. To me, the only two guys that are getting them to respond are Matvey Mitchkov and Cutter Gauthier. And yeah. while I really like Trevor Zegers, and I mean, he's an incredibly skilled player, there's a reason why Anaheim is kind of jerking him around. His, his highlights are awesome. His highlights are awesome. He is his still game a, isn't awesome. He's a flawed player. And while I certainly would love to take a shot at, at turning him into a superstar, which he's not quite that level yet when you look at his overall analytics analytical resume and whatnot he's really bad defensively i don't think i'd be willing to give up cutter gotier to do it as like cutter gotier plus to get trevor's eagers which is rightfully because he's an extremely talented player who's young that's what it's going to take now if they were willing to talk about a package for i mean the the next tier down then of course but they wouldn't be hey, because they're not third because they're not stupid yeah. like you're not going to be able to call them up and be like i'll give you oliver bonk and a Charlie, first no it's 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 bonk it's the florida first and uh i don't know you throw in um hell jay grons yeah you know? <laughs> let's get that deal done bring just, trevor to philly just, it's like it's like the it's like the video game man you just keep adding shit till it turns green and they yeah. accept it i just don't think i, I don't think it would make sense given what they would have to give up to get him. But, hey, if he's available, Call. you got to inquire. But it just kind of sounds like uh, giving up what it would take to give up makes it a zero-sum. Like, yeah. we, we didn't get better. Like, we have a guy who's ready to go now as opposed to a year from now, but Trevor Zegers is also on one of the worst teams. He doesn't make you better. I just think the thing with Zegers is that he is one of those guys where his highlights are better than what he is right now. That doesn't mean he can't reach the level in terms of overall value that his highlights imply he is, but he's a more flawed player than I think a lot of East Coast fans who don't get to watch him a lot want, like, realize at this stage. EA Sports cover athlete, though. You know, that's got to count for something. Uh, and finally, from Colin Corley, this one's for Charlie with the resurgent camps of uh, some prime bounce-back candidates along with the Canada investigation looming over the entire league. I think everyone wants to know... Who's the next captain going to be? <laughs> See, this is when I just wish I could just, like, get up from my seat and walk out. I wish you did, honestly. That I, would have been very I, funny. I feel like, I mean, I'm not not quite there with the company to yeah. know what's allowed and what's not, but it would be a good bit. The show's just over. Leave. Just leave. I mean, like, it's, oh, you're not walking out on the show, just, like, like I'm about <laughs> to say. And that is all the time. <laughs> and that is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers for the day. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 4 p.m., so make sure you set your YouTube 
YouTube reminders. Of course, you got to subscribe to that podcast because it's daily content, baby. Never miss a show. Search PHLY Flyers and bang, everything you've ever wanted. All right, my name is Bill Matz for Charlie O'Connor. Have a great day, Philly.